0: Protecting your assets for the next generation. You're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of, or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room, I'm Peter Watts. A roundtable table today to talk a little bit about tax planning for estates. Martine Tollefson and Henry Villanueva from Macmillan uh, Estate Planning are with us. And we welcome Ken Godfrey, who is the Director of Sales for Industrial Alliance Insurance. Nice to have all three of you here today for this. The uh, next group of seminars coming up are uh, start on Tuesday, March 20th in Red Deer at 6 p.m., Wednesday, March 21st in Edmonton at 6 p.m. Thursday, March 22nd in Calgary at 7 p.m. You can register online at macmillanestate.com. And again, McMillan spelled M-A-C-M-I-L-L-A-N. And in Calgary, you can call the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464. Martine, let me begin with you. Let's talk about some of the tax planning tools that Macmillan Estate uses depending on the needs of the client.
1: Well, at Macmillan, in our 20 years plus of, of working with families, one of the cornerstones that we use in a family's estate plan design is the tax plan. And that's really important to most families. They want to minimize tax. So we look at these different areas to see what are the best tools to use uh, when we're trying to minimize tax? And you know, the budget is pretty fresh in people's minds. I know it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be, but there's still um, a lot of tools that we use that can still, they're still effective. So one of those is um, using uh, insurance as a tool. And so that's where Ken comes in. He's one of our specialists that we turn to many times to, to kind of strategize on estates and say, you know, Ken, what's the best thing to do right now for a family that, say, has a corporation? And maybe one, and in fact, I'm working with a family right now. The daughter's worked in the company for 30 years and dad wants to pass that corporation down to her but what about the other two kids? So, you know, when it comes to business succession, how can we use insurance in that way?
0: All right. Let's introduce Ken to the uh, conversation and say, how is insurance becoming more of a factor in estate planning, Ken, with or without the presence of the latest federal budget?
2: Well, <clears throat> I, I think that um, I, I think that insurance has really evolved o- over time. Uh, what, what we've had is we've had... Uh, an increasing complexity in our tax system, and um, and really what I think um, we've been able to do is we, we've been able to take w- what was a very simple insurance product uh, many 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 years ago, decades ago, and we've been able to turn it into something along coupled with with I guess a strategy. That would allow, uh, in in this case, Martine, mm-hmm. it would allow a, a business owner that has a scenario like that, and that's a really common scenario, which I like to call it estate equalization. Because if I'm a business owner and, and I have, let's just say I have two children, to keep it very simple, and one of the one of the children is actively in the business, and the other child is not, and really has nothing to do with the business and doesn't want to have anything to do with the business, but the uh, you know the parents want to uh, have the business endure and carry on then insurance is really the only tool that we can use in this case. Because it, let's take insurance out of the picture and let's assume then that what I'm going to do, let's say my business is worth um, you know, simple $10 million and I'm going to then, the, the shares are worth $10 million, I'm going to give each of my kids $5 million worth of shares. Okay, so I have one of them that is working in the business and, and they own half and the other one is not in the business and, and owns half uh, the one that's not in the business is literally at the mercy of the other child's success or failures in that business. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that that can create um, animosity and it can drive a rift between siblings. And and I would think that that is the last thing that a parent would want after taking a lifetime to build a business. So what does the insurance policy do? So, So really what you would be able to do in that case where we have this business valued at $10 million, and this is a very simple, simple stripped down example, I would actually then designate the child that is active in the business... The, the full value of the business at $10, or $10 million of shares and I would then actually take out an insurance policy for $10 million and I would have that go to the other child not active in the business and what I've essentially done is I've, I've given each of them an equal value as far as my estate goes uh, yet I've really separated the two out and allowed one to run with the business because that's what they want to do and the other one has $10 million in value and they no longer have to operate in the business or be part of it.
0: Henry, you do a lot of this kind of work in the estate planning that you do as well. Uh, uh, anything to add to the uh, the story as it relates to business succession?
3: Well, this is a true story in itself, Peter, and this is a very pressing topic for a lot of families that we meet with at our office. As a matter of fact, we always recognize that 70% of family-owned businesses in Canada fail to succeed to the next generation, and why is that so? It's mainly because they fail to uh, ensure that the company's future is continued and protected, and uh, that unnecessarily complications are done. And this is because of the lack of what's called an effective business exit plan. It's great that Ken's sharing with us these options for using uh, insurance as a mechanism to promote an effective exit plan for families. And this is just one among the solutions that our office has helped uh, families with. And I'd like to hear more from Ken and her. On his thoughts and from his experience, on how this has saved uh, companies um, a lot of grief and has promoted family harmony as far as uh, the business unit.
2: Yeah, I, <clears throat> that, those are those are fair comments, Henry. And, and I think I, I don't know if I'm the right one to comment on that because uh, you know, remember, I do work for a manufacturer of insurance products, so I, I'm not really in touch with the actual end user, which would be the final client. But I. I just think in my personal life, my personal experience, I've seen uh, families that I know that have businesses and the, um, the the animosity that can be built between two siblings or three or four mm-hmm. siblings based on uh, different opinions in the business and one wants to take it one direction, one wants nothing to do with it. And, and incidentally in Alberta, probably the largest area that I hear uh, stories about this is in the farming community mm-hmm. because we have the family farm and we have two or three children and two of them want to go off and, and live in you know, Toronto or Vancouver. And one of them just loves the farm and they want to stay. Well, how do you deal with that? You, you can't make the other two stay. So you have to find a way. And that really is, uh, you know, where insurance is going to come so in. So
0: insurance be becomes a kind of way of refereeing the family dynamic. I guess we could call it that. Yes, it, w- it would be the peacekeeper. A good role in its own right. Um, and, and I think, Ken, the, the biggest point about insurance to me in this conversation is that it has a role to play in estate planning. Uh, and the role can be defined both by the kind of insurance that is purchased as part of the, the plan uh, and by the way it can uh, help people disperse assets
2: yeah ultimately insurance is uh, falls under uh, contractual law which uh, it's nice to have Henry here um, you know as legal counsel because I'm sure Henry will be able to attest to the the value and strength of a contract and uh, when, when we have and and <clears throat> just as a quick side note insurance is is what we call a unilateral contract it is mm-hmm. the most powerful contract in favor of the end user, because as long as the client that initially purchases the insurance policy or the insurance contract, I'll use the term contract, as long as they pay their premiums, we cannot cancel that contract once approved. There are very few contracts that, are, that have a one-way street like that, which is why I use the term unilateral. So once an insurance contract is in place, then it is an extremely powerful tool for, for whether it be for tax planning or whether it be just covering off debts or whether it be covering off other obligations, uh, buy sell agreements in business is another huge area. So there's all kinds of uses uh, for insurance contracts.
0: I hope people who are listening today will uh, remember this conversation when they contemplate their own estate plan or when they contemplate attending uh, an upcoming Macmillan estate planning seminar to learn more about the process and to ask questions specifically about the importance of insurance in their particular plan. A reminder that the next uh, seminars are scheduled for Tuesday, March 20th. That one's in Red Deer at 6 p.m. Wednesday, March 21st in Edmonton at 6 p.m. And Thursday, March march 22nd in calgary at 7 p.m you can register ahead of time for any of the seminars at mcmillanestate.com mcmillan spelled m-a-c-m-i-l-l-a-n what role does charitable giving have uh, in estate planning and uh, how can insurance uh, be used in that regard as well we'll take up that topic in a moment on the strong room on 770 chqr